I brought this up to you guys last year, and you guys had some very interesting responses to this question, but I'm going to ask it again. Could Kentucky basketball run the platoon this season? You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be asking a question I asked you guys last year. Could the Wildcats run the platoon system in 2023, last year, whenever I discussed this, some of you had some very violently negative responses to it, um, but we're going to ask it again and kind of dive into what it could look like underneath Coach Cal if he decided to run the platoon for the second time at UK. Also, Kentucky basketball's non-conference slate has been officially announced. Gonzaga is not in the November to December non-con kind of Part of the schedule, they are later on in the year going to break that game down as well as all of the other uh, the other ones on the slate uh, on today's episode. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. Let's go ahead and get into it. Kentucky basketball running the platoon this upcoming season. I want to preface this conversation the way that I prefaced the conversation a year ago. With you guys. Do I think this is going to happen? No, I do not. So you can save all of your negative comments criticizing me for bringing, the, for bringing this up and predicting it to happen, quote unquote. You can take those and you can go to another channel that genuinely wants to discuss this as a real possibility. I'm sitting here telling you I think that the personnel that UK has would be very fun to watch in a system like this, and this is what what it would look like. I'm not telling you it's going to happen. I am merely suggesting the possibility of, you know, what would it look like if it did happen? This episode is simply for fun. If you do not like to have fun, you can go elsewhere. Appreciate it. All right, the reason I bring that up is because some of you guys had some very, very uh, negative thoughts about this <laughs> a year ago. So I wrote about this over at wildcatstoday.com, Sports Illustrated site over there. Andrew Stefaniak and I are heading that up if you want to go check out wildcatstoday.com and check out what I have to say about all of these different uh, these different positions here with the platoon. We're going to start here at point guard, and I think that this is pretty straightforward here, how the Wildcats may want to approach a platoon system with UK. I think DJ Wagner would start with the blue team in the platoon, and then Rob Dillingham would be the backup with the white team in the platoon. Before I go any further, I want to explain to you guys briefly, if you don't already know, what the platoon system is. Back in, I believe, the 2015 season, it might have been the 14-15 season, uh, John Calipari decided because UK had such a deep roster they would run a platoon, and what that was was ha they had their starting five. They had their five guys on the floor as their starters, and then whenever they rotated, they would rotate five guys in whenever they went to sub. Instead of just subbing a couple different guys, they had their blue team and their white team, and most of the time they would decide, hey, whenever we want to sub, just completely change the lineup. Let's go to our B team here 
And that was that's what's called platooning. I guess that's the what what we labeled it here in college basketball. I believe your starting five was Tyler Ulis. Uh, let's see here. It was no, I'm sorry. It was Andrew Harrison, Aaron Harrison, Trey Lyles, Willie Cauley Stein, and Carl Anthony Towns. I believe that was the starting lineup. And then your backups was like Tyler Ulis, Ulis, De- Devin Booker. Um, you had Dakari Johnson in there as well. Um, I think Trey Lyles may have actually at different points come off the bench for UK at different points in this season. Marcus Lee was also somebody that was at small forward and power forward for them as well. Just looking at how this broke down over on Kempom, which is just a really interesting way to uh, to kind of analyze how UK wanted to use these different guys this uh, this season back in 2015. They went 38-1 and one the last time UK tried the platoon. And again, not sitting here telling you they should do this. I'm just sitting here tell you, telling you it would be interesting. So I think your blue team, which would be your team A or your first team, would be DJ Wagner as your starting guard. We've already talked about DJ Wagner on the show, about how you know he is, I think, the most comfortable point guard that we've seen or saw, rather, during the Global Jam. And that is not to take away from what Rob Dillingham could be for the Wildcats. I think he's a very fun player to watch, very explosive uh, great ball handler, just an energetic presence on the court whenever he has the ball in his hands. But I think Wagner was the more stable, um, more consistent presence, I think, during the Global Jam. And Kentucky went to him first multiple times. So I, I would like to think that Wagner is going to be your starting guard. And in this hypothetical world with Wagner and Dillingham in two different teams here, I mean, I think that's it's a perfect split. You can have one team that does one thing with their backcourt and another team that does another. And I think that once you kind of dive into the backcourt here, you get to see how the two different players in each the blue and the white team kind of would potentially complement each other. So Rob Dillingham on the white team, DJ Wagner on the blue team. Uh, it's great depth, I think, at the point here for the Kentucky Wildcats. Not something that they've had Over the past couple of seasons, they've lacked height and they've lacked efficient scoring. I think they could have both of those uh, in DJ Wagner and then Rob Dillingham, I think, would be a very, very strong distributor of the basketball, also a tough shot maker coming off of the bench. I've heard several people uh, in the Kentucky sphere and also online kind of equate what Rob Dillingham could be this year to a Devin Booker type of role. I also see that with Reed Shepard this year, potentially, which we'll get to him in just a second. But yeah, there are a lot of similarities, I think, to this year's team and that team that went 38-1 just to simply be in terms of height, in terms of physicality. I think this team's going to be a lot more aggressive uh, than last year's team was in a lot of different ways. And I think that scoring is going to be something that is a very, very, uh, very prominent strong suit of the Wildcats this upcoming year. And let's go ahead and get to, I think what I think the person that I think could be the leading scorer here for the Wildcats, Antonio Reeves. I think that he is your blue team shooting guard. So that pairs you up with DJ Wagner on the blue team. That would be your backcourt. Very, very exciting stuff to potentially see here with Antonio Reeves and Wagner, two guys that can score in a variety of ways. Antonio Reeves during the global jam, proved that he is not only the same that he was last year, but he's, I think, even better whenever when given the opportunity to be aggressive consistently. And, I mean, if you don't close out, if you don't rotate over and you don't cover Antonio Reeves, he's going to he's going to torch you. And we got to see that time and time again during the Global Jam. I'm not sure if his shooting is going to 
continue this non-conference slate at the percentage that it was that he was hitting in the global jam but i can tell you that he is more than likely going to be uk's leading scorer this upcoming year because of his ability to shoot and because of his ability to get to different spots both at the uh, both behind the line or behind the arc rather i should say uh his ability to get to the rim and score his floater game his mid-range game is also extremely solid so a very well-rounded score you have starting on your blue team, and then Reed Shepard, I think, would be your white team uh, shooting guard. So that would pair him up with Rob Dillingham. I think that there's a lot more pacing to the white team, and there's a lot more decisive offense, um, a, a lot more, uh, I think, uh, I, I, what's the word? It'll be slower. I, I think that's the the simple, simple way to put it. And that's not to say it will be slow. It will just be, I think, slower than what Kentucky wants to do with Dillingham and Shepard if they were to run the platoon in this hypothetical world. Uh, Reed Shepard is probably going to be a do-it-all guy for the Wildcats this upcoming season. He can kind of be the anchor in this backcourt. I understand that he's only a freshman, and he's not going to have the same sort of extremely impressive numbers that he had during the Global Jam, but I think he's going to have good numbers. And it will offset what inefficiencies Rob Dillingham brings to the table in terms of overall field goal percentage. Shepard will, I think, at the end of the day, be a, a really solid bucket getter uh, in the backcourt, and he's somebody that can complement Dillingham really well, somebody that Dilly, Dilly can give the ball to uh, on on a, a variety of plays if Kentucky really wants to do that. So a do-it-all guy and a very fast-paced point guard, I think that that's a great backup backcourt. And again, it's all hypothetical. So if you have any thoughts on what UK's backcourt could look like with a platoon system, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. I want to continue along here, breaking down what Kentucky's platoon system may look like if they were to do it. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every single player is a perfect fit, as we're sitting here literally talking about if Kentucky wanted to run a platoon. I believe that every single player in this hypothetical platoon would be the perfect fit at their given position if Kentucky wanted to do it. And it's the exact same when it comes to your vehicle. You need every single part to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, you can head over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right just the first time around. All you have to do is add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit. And if it doesn't, you can get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win with the right part when the right parts are guaranteed. You can get the right parts, get the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. One more time, that is ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you guys hanging out, tuning in wherever you are watching or listening. It would be great if you subscribed or followed the show and leave a review in the YouTube comments or on the socials at Locked On UK about what you think about the show. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer on the show as well, you can leave those in the comments as well. I have one question for you guys before we continue. And this has nothing to do with Kentucky basketball. Occasionally, I like to throw these questions in here. The pumpkin spice latte is officially back at various 
uh, coffee shops, locations, not going to name any because they don't sponsor the show. But do you do you like pumpkin spice or is it just forced upon you uh, during the fall season? Or is this something that the ladies just prefer and, and guys don't really go for it at all? I've had a lot of people talk to me about the pumpkin spice latte recently and about how much they love it. So I want to ask you guys, what do you think about it? Just kind of random. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and continue along. Can you continue along here? About to have a stroke with the platoon, the small forward position. So we've gone through the bla- uh, the, the backcourt with the shooting guard and point guard spots. I think DJ Wagner and Antonio Reeves are your blue team. Reed Shepard and Rob Dillingham are your white team. And then your small forward blue team, your number three, I think it's Justin Edwards. Now, this is, I think, from here on out where we can kind of get uh, we can kind of get loose with the way that Kentucky may approach this. Is with, This is where we can have some nuance in the conversation, and you and I can talk about, okay, well, this guy could maybe even start over this dude, and we could kind of rotate things this way, and there's some a lot of versatile pieces down here, so let's just, we could switch this if we wanted to. With Justin Edwards at the small forward position, we really liked what we saw in the later games of the Global Jam. We got to see him become a legitimate offensive threat after being really cold from the field for, I believe, the first game and a half of the slate. And then we also got to see him prove that he's a really good rebounder on top of it. Got a couple of steals, did not turn the ball over hardly at all. I think that the way Kentucky utilized him, you know, talking about decisive offense, I think that he would be great in this first blue team lineup because of the fact that DJ Wagner and Antonio Reeves, if they're giving the ball away to their third option here in Justin Edwards on the wing, he's going to pick and choose his spots. I think he's going to have his opportunities laid out for him clearly. And I think that when you look at one through three and then we get to this four and this five, it's really going to make sense as to how this team operates with a little bit of a slower pace, but makes perfect sense together, I think. So Justin Edwards, I think, could be your blue uh, he could be your blue small forward. And then also a dude, Thiero. I've got him as the backup. I've got him with the white team, but Thiero, I think could easily start here at the three. Why could a Thiero th- start in a platoon system at the three? Well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, a Thiero, we talked about this on yesterday's show. A Thiero is, I think, Kentucky's secret weapon this year. And if you go back and watch the Global Jam and you go and look at the numbers, he actually played more than Reed Shepard, more than Justin Edwards. Averaged almost, I believe, I think it was 27 minutes per game, somewhere around there for Thiero. And he was able to kind of slide around at different positions, but I think the three is where he should be most comfortable this upcoming season. And his body's changed. He's bulked up. He's gotten more physical, and he was a tank out there in Canada. The reason I think Thiero may be your backup here with the white team, outside of the fact that he's just more experienced, he played more, and he could slot in at the three here uh, uh, at the starting spot. I think the reason why he could be the backup is what he could do with this white team. So we talk about this white team being a little bit more, I would say, probably chaotic, a little bit more explosive, a little bit faster when it comes to pace of play, just a little bit faster, not not extremely fast relative to the blue team. But I think that there would be a lot more pace with Rob Dillingham on the floor. And I say pace, I should say speed, I guess is the word I should use there. Fierro, with him changing his play style, I think think that that's happening. We got to see that in the Global Jam. Changing his play style to a more um, physical, 
wing instead of somebody that can slot in one through three and be a, a lighter shooting option for you with him being a more physical guy that can kind of be the run and dunk man. Uh, one of the run and dunk men on this team. Uh, I, I think that he would go perfectly with Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard. I, I just think that the pacing of that and the aggressiveness of that squad would fit a Thiero very well. So Justin Edwards at your blue team three, a Thiero the backup with the white team. Power forward here. This is also another place where things could change. And actually, if they did want to run the platoon, this could change early in the season. Because Aaron Bradshaw, as of right now, is still recovering, trying to get 100% back to hell, or trying to get 100% before the beginning of the season uh, due to his uh, his surgery here on his foot. I think that he would be your blue team. Uh, he would be your blue team power forward. We've talked about the shooting. We've talked about the ball handling. I'm very intrigued to see Bradshaw actually put that together on the floor this year. Is he going to be able to pick that up quickly because of his, again, his recovery? I'm not sure. Maybe he's perfectly fine and ready to go by that point. And in which case, Kentucky can just kind of use him however they please. But I also think that there's a world where Trey Mitchell, because of his experience and because of Bradshaw's recovery, could end up being the starter here with the blue team. I think that Mitchell would probably make more sense for this blue team. Again, if we're talking about uh, the pace, the decisiveness, um, the efficiency with this blue team offense, Mitchell could be a great versatile pairing for you, and I think that he is going to be opposite of uh, Zvonimir Ivicic, uh, wherever you decide to put uh, put Big Z in, in this rotation. I'll explain why in a second. But Bradshaw and Mitchell, I think this is interchangeable, but as of right now, I've got Bradshaw as my blue team, Mitchell as my white team. This could change. This could fluctuate. It's kind of 50-50 for me. The final position that we have to get to here, is the center position. Yugena Onyenzo is your blue team center. I think this makes perfect perfect sense with his physicality, with his defensive prowess. He's going to be, I think, a really good defender for the Wildcats this upcoming year. And then Zvonimir Ivasic is your backup. And this is where I think you have to talk about balance if this, is, if this platoon is going to work. You have to kind of elaborate on what we mean by that. You need to be able to have in both your starting and your backup platoon there to not be a significant drop-off or change when it comes to uh, production. I think that both units need to be able to score. I think that both units you need to be able to play good defense. And so that's where you can kind of mix and match here, even though some players may, may be more inclined to start than others. And when it comes to... Uh, Zvonimir and Trey Mitchell, sure, you can have them both out there in a rotation later on this year, and that could be that, that could look really, really fun because of their ability to handle the ball and shoot. But at the same time, I think it makes sense to put them on different platoons or parts of the platoon here because of that versatility. So I think Zvonimir, um, if you have Trey Mitchell as your starting blue uh, uh, power forward, I think uh, Zvonimir would make a lot of sense. Uh, as your backup here with the Whites at center. And Uganda Onyenzo, I think, would be your blue uh, starting center with Trey Mitchell, possibly, if that's the way that Kentucky wants to do it, with the experience that the West Virginia transfer brings to the table. Also, another thing that we have to mention about uh, Zvonimir Big Z here, he's not played American basketball before, but he's almost 20. 
and he has professional experience. So it's not like with these younger quote-unquote guys, Kentucky's having an extreme drop-off because the reality is you're going to have to play young guys whether you like it or not in your backcourt. You're going to have to play it at the wing spots too, and you've got new guys, quote-unquote, uh, here at your in your front court. So Kentucky's got a lot of inexperience still on this roster, but Trey Mitchell and uh, Antonio Reeves kind of being the anchors here when it comes to veteran experience. But I, I really do think that Kentucky is going to be forced to do some things this year because of how young they are. And this could be a fun thing that the Wildcats to do or could do with the platoon system. So if you've got any thoughts on this platoon system, on what we could do with this rotation, you can leave all of that in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. All right. Kentucky's non-conference schedule is officially complete. Going to dive into it and why some games are scheduled later than others in just a second. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we are faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear for us. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career friendships, relationships, anything else. I think therapy helps you stay connected with what you really want while you navigate through life and make those tough decisions. It allows you to kind of move forward with more confidence and excitement instead of being down and out and have a lot of anxiety and stress and just not necessarily getting to the places that you need to be in order to make the right decision when it comes to very difficult topics or situations. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets here. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. You can visit, visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnCollege today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnCollege. All right, wrapping up the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Once again, I really appreciate you guys hanging out, tuning in wherever you are. Subscribe, subscribe if you have not already. I am going to, for what may be one of... 15 times before the season start season starts dive into the non-conference slate for the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm going to read all of this here for you uh, and then we are going to dive into each individual game to kind of give thoughts on what that is and why they are slated where they are. So to start the season off November 6, New Mexico State, Rupp Arena, it's going to be at home, New Mexico State, not a great basketball team in fact last year I uh, believe that they had a sub 500 record at 9 and 15. We actually talked about this non-conference slate uh, recently here on the show. It was actually, I believe, like nine days ago. 9 and 15, number 187 in Kim Palm rankings last year, also pretty low in the net. So really easy opponent to start off the year. Texas A&M University Commerce is November 10th. Kansas in the Champions Classic is November 14th. Stonehill, November 17th at home in Rupp. Also in Rupp, November 20th, St. Joseph's. November 24th, an interesting opponent in Marshall at home. And then you also get the Miami, or the Miami Hurricanes in the ACC-SEC Challenge in Rupp 
as well. UMC Wilmington on December 2nd. December 9th, one of the new additions to this non-conference slate, Penn in the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. December 16th is North Carolina and the CBS Sports Classic in State Farm Arena. That's in Atlanta, Georgia. I will be going to that game, barring something unforeseen. December 21st at Louisville. And then Illinois State on December 29th. And to round things out, Gonzaga on February 10th. That's when the Wildcats are going to play the Bulldogs. Very interesting that they decided to push that game all the way to the to the early parts of February. So, what does this all mean? What do we think about these individual games? We'll dive into it here pretty quickly. We're going to talk about these individual matchups a lot here over the next coming uh, over the coming months. So, just be tuned for that if you want to talk about these individual games before we actually get to play them. Locked on Kentucky is going to be a great source for you. New Mexico State, like I mentioned, is, was not a good team last year. Uh, they went nine and fifteen, and and were low, lowly ranked in the uh, in the Kimpom rankings. Texas A and M University uh, University Commerce was also uh, not a good team last year. Let's see, I believe I had them. Yes, I did have them on the list as well. Number three hundred and seven in the Kimpom rankings at thirteen and twenty. Of course, we all know Kansas. Uh, national champions just two seasons ago, 28 and eight last year, top 10 Kim Palm team, um, bringing in Hunter Dickinson, bringing back a couple of experienced players, losing a couple different players to the draft as well. Grady Dick, most notably there, I believe. That is a game that I feel much more confident in than I did back in May. If you would ask, if you would ask me back in May, hey, how do you feel about that Kansas game early in the early in the year? I would be like, oh, we're going to get throttled. Kentucky is going to get destroyed. Now I feel like in that game, Kentucky's got a legitimate shot to win it, and that should be a very competitive one in the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Very nice to have two games before that to kind of shake things out, maybe get some of your players healthy if Aaron Bradshaw and Ugun Onyenso are not fully healthy by the time the season arrives. Get a couple of games in, maybe let them play just a little bit, come off the bench, run the platoon system like I've suggested. And then you go into the Kansas game on November 14th. 17th, November 17th, rather, against Stonehill. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this team other than the fact that they were one of the lowest-ranked teams in Kimpom last year, 14-17, and 17, number 331 in the Kimpom rankings. St. Joe's is also a team I don't have a lot to say about, number 191 in the Kimpom rankings, 16-17 and 17 last year uh, for, for St. Joe's. Marshall is the team I'm most intrigued with. They lost a really good center to Florida, and Micah, I want to say Hanglotten is is how you pronounce his last name. But Marshall's a good team. Marshall's a good basketball team. And they lost some pieces, but I think they're going to be able to score still. That's a game you have to watch before you get into the uh, ACC-SEC Challenge against Miami, November 28th. That's a Miami team that's lost a lot of pieces as well. But, man, that's it's a well-coached team. It's, it's, a, it's a power six school going to be tough. Going to be tough for a young team like Kentucky to take that on early in the year, uh, as well as Kansas. UNC, UNC uh, Wilmington, not a whole lot to say here. 24-10 and 10 last year. We talked about them earlier on, uh, I believe in August, about how that may end up being a competitive basketball game between Miami and North Carolina. And December 16th is your North Carolina game, but we have found out what is sandwiched between 
that December 2nd date, 2nd date and that December 16th date. It is pin on December 9th. That is what Kentucky is added to the slate here. That will be in the Wells Fargo Center at or in Philadelphia. Interesting place to have that. North Carolina, again, at Atlanta, I will be at this game. North Carolina, probably not. They'll be a bubble team, I think, or at least a little bit better than a bubble team. They'll, they'll, they'll improve on what they did last year, and they'll get into the tournament. This is a team that you can't look past because it's UNC. This is in Atlanta. It's a fun spot for both these teams to come play basketball. Competitive. That's what I would label this game as, competitive. A game that may not be as competitive, Louisville. December 21st, on the road in the KFC Yum Center. Disgusting name. That's a game that I think Kentucky can end up winning and winning pretty handily. December 29th, Illinois State, the Antonio Reeves game. Going to see how Antonio Reeves face, faces off against his former squad. Uh, not a whole lot else to hear, to hear to say about that team. And then February 10th, and this is kind of what I wanted to get to here to wrap up the show. February 10th is where the Gonzaga game falls. Isn't that just a weird spot for the schedule makers for Gonzaga and Kentucky to kind of decide where to play this? Why wouldn't it be at the end of the non-con slate or put it somewhere earlier in the, in the schedule? I, I don't know. I don't know. This is, this is really intriguing to me. It'll be in the middle, right smack dab in the middle of this SEC gauntlet that we're going to have to endure this year. I am curious to see what SEC games surround this one because that may be, um, if this is the right word here, indicative of the results uh, in this contest. Gonzaga's a very, very good basketball team. Cannot take them lightly. They're going to score. It's going to be tough and rough, especially on these young kids. Are they going to respond? Are they going to not do what they did in big games last year, which is eventually fold because... They were either too thin or just didn't have the talent. I will be watching this game very intently because it is on February 10th. We'll be a third of the way into February, just about a third of the way into February, and we'll get to start to have a good idea, or at least a decent idea, of what Kentucky basketball is in the 23-24 season. If they truly have the ceiling um, that we all hope they do which is potentially get to the Final Four of the National Championship. We'll have to wait and see. But that Gonzaga game being later in the year gives us, a, gives us an opportunity to see more complete teams, more polished teams, better game planning, I think. But also, it's a, in a rough patch for Kentucky. It's in the middle of the SEC slate. So we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, I think it's fun. I like it. It's a fresh idea uh, with a really difficult team. Not in the Big 12, so Big 12. So let's give it a go. If you have any thoughts on Kentucky basketball's non-conference slate, or if you have any opinions on what the Wildcats could do this upcoming season, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky podcast any questions comments concerns leave them in the youtube comments hit me on the socials i will see you all tomorrow for another episode of locked on kentucky hope you guys have a great rest of your day and god bless 